glad if you're on broadcast that you're with us this morning. And we're ministering the Word of God. We, we chase the truth. There's lots of things to preach, but some of them have got a slant on them or got a bend to them, and they're not the truth. They're, they're good. Some of them are good, but they're not the truth. And so no matter what the Word says, we've already said in advance, we want the Word in our lives, working in our lives. And whatever we have to change, whatever we have to do, whatever that uh, convicts us, that says you've been a, you've been a slug all these lot years because you hadn't been done, <laughs> done right, Lord, we, we want to change because there's no promotion without change. So I want to lift up a Lord Jesus that's already come and that's coming back soon. I want to lift up the Lord Jesus who cares for us and has got everything figured out at the end from the beginning. I want to lift up the Lord Jesus that loves us and takes care of us and gave his own life for ours to, to be wonderful and exuberant. It says in Romans chapter 12, because I'm talking about the amazing Christian. I just stepped into this about three weeks ago and said, you know, we're amazing. Not by experience, not by demonstration sometimes. We're pretty pathetic, actually, sometimes. How we whine and cry and carry on and say, why, God, did you allow this to happen to me? And what, why am I so bad? And being, well, all this junk mess. But according to the Word, we've been made amazing. We're just an amazing creation. And it's always been that way. Everything that's not amazing is from the devil or the flesh or from sin. But to be amazing, we talked about how do you become an amazing Christian? Well, the first step is to become a Christian. We looked at that last week. How do you become a Christian? And we said, this is how you do it. You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Well, that means you're going to have to study him a little bit. You're going to have to uh, parlay your options. You're going to have to admit that you're a sinner. Nobody became a Christian until they first said, I am without hope. I'm without God. Anybody that said, you know, I'm pretty good, and I, I could probably make it, but this will be better, you didn't become born again. So the way to become an amazing Christian is to become a Christian and then to do the Word according to what you became. You find all the scriptures that talk about a Christian, and when you do them, you become amazing. He's like, well, I, I want to be amazing. Just do the Word. Just build your house on the rock, not on the sand, and the Word says you'll be amazing. And I'm going to explore that. We've already been two weeks. We're going to explore how amazing we are in Him, in Him. Now, in the flesh, we don't feel that amazing. Matter of fact, we feel like we're behind 99% of any group of people just in your head. If you gave it free reign, it would it'd lie to you on every Sunday and Monday. It, it just wouldn't tell you the truth. But we're going to be doers of the Word. It says in verse 2, uh, well, we'll read verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, beseech is a strong word, by the mercies of God that ye present, that would be every minute of every day of every thought, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. What does that look like? Holy, acceptable unto God, according to his standard, which is your reasonable service. You don't even get too many attaboys. He just says, that's what I want. You know, when you, take, when you tell Johnny, take out the trash on every Monday, when he comes back in and he holds his hand out, you go, there's, there's no help. There's no reward for this. This is your job. Do your job. So he says, do your job. And then he puts an and in verse 2, and he says, and 
Be not conformed. So actually, the first part, just with your body, is not enough. And be not conformed to this world, this world system, this way of doing business, the kingdom of this world. And be not conformed to this world. Do not be conformed. Do not shape yourself. Do not mold yourself around. What should we do then, Paul? But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want the good and perfect and acceptable will of God in my life. I've been down the me, me will of, of life, and it's highly overrated. Running my own life is highly overrated. It's much work, much stress, and not much punk. Doesn't, doesn't produce anything. I'm always wondering where the next hit's coming from. But if I'm in the will of God... It doesn't matter how scary it looks. It doesn't matter how uh, dangerous it looks. The will of God is always good. It's always the best God has for me, for you. So if I'm in the will of God, if I'm confident that I'm in the right place at the right time, everything is turning out amazing. I said everything. Not just a little dabble, do you? A little better. Hallelujah. The New Living Translation says, we read this last week, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person. Well, wait a minute. I'm already born again. I'm a new creature in Christ. Ah, but there's more to getting born again than just your spirit man. The soul has a say. So he says, uh, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I got to think right. I'm right down here, but I could be, I'd be... I'd be, uh, I'd be 10 pounds of Legos poured out on the living room floor in my mind. <laughs> you don't know what a mess that is. Then you, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, I'm after the will of God in my life. I've missed some marvelous opportunities to just take off on my own and just try something or just feel good. I feel good about this. I've missed some marvelous opportunities to to go the wrong way. But on the other hand, I've hit quite a few of them myself. I've hit quite a few of those, like, this, this feels good, let's do it. And it was, it was down, y'all know what that feels like. Yeah. And so then you gotta, you gotta stop and turn around and, and backtrack and then try to find the will of God, which sometimes is moved on. So, man, uh, we know 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things, uh, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So down here, we're perfect. You're perfect. We're sealed. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit. So you can't be unborn again. You can't be unsaved. You can't be, you can't, uh, you can't, you're going to heaven. It doesn't matter. There's people out there that are drunks and druggies and whatever people do that are terrible. Uh, not that they're terrible, but they do terrible things. But yet they're born again, and they're sealed. And so this part, here's the, this part here's the part that matters. It doesn't matter what you do up here. But if you want to live a good life, you've got to figure out what to do up here. If you don't pay any attention to this and in your flesh, you're going to, be, you're going to go to heaven, but it's going to be a rough ride till you get there. And probably you'll go sooner than you thought living that kind of life. Uh, verse 2 of Romans 12 in the Passion says, stop imitating the ideals 
and opinions of the culture around you. Stop imitating. Stop imitating. Keeping up with the Joneses, as it were. Since we have no Joneses here, we can say that. Uh, stop imitating the ideals, the goals, the dreams, the, uh, the ultimate what we're going for, and opinions of the culture around you. So we have to be careful being political. You, you, you got to just know what's right. Well, is that a Democrat or is that a Republican? I just know what's right. If they're killing babies, whatever, I'm not for them. Well, you don't want to vote for the orange man if he's not killing babies and he says man and woman should be married, I'm in. Tell me his name again because I'm voting. I'm going to put my checky right there. And everybody else, they can just run down the road with their godless thing. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total, total, total reformation of how you think. So what, what's our project? What's our, what's our goal? Not to get born again. I just wish I could be enough, good enough to go to heaven. Ah, we got that one nailed. It's up here. I want to think like God thinks. I want to think, think so that he, when he says, let's go this way, I'm already in agreement. I already know that's a good way. I, I, we're not fighting. We're not fussing. The word is submit, cooperate, come under. I'm submitted. Lord, if you, I didn't see that. I didn't understand that. But if you're saying that, I'm in. My mind is going to buck up a little, but we, we are, this rodeo is following you. And so this is important. Romans 12, 2 is very important. Uh, we should be transformed by the Holy Spirit in our soul. To do that, we have to be, listen, we're talking about an amazing Christian, filled with the Holy Ghost. Point yourself with me and say, hey, you. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. You're not going to be very amazing if you're just born again. Now, you'll be amazing on that bright, shiny day when the Lord presents us to Father, and, and this is the family, Lord, and we're all going to look good in that day because we're all born again, and we'll, we'll all be bright and shiny. But between now and then, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you don't have much power. You just have the power of someday I'm going to be out of this mess and someday it's going to be better, some fine day. But if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, today's a good day. Today, because it gives you the power to read and understand and meditate the Word of God. I never understood the Word until I got the Holy Ghost. Someone told me this week that, uh, uh, you know, that they were with somebody and they just said, well, the Bible's not true, and I don't believe it, and, you know, just all that. Well, they're probably not even born again. But everything ramps up when you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Turn with me to Acts chapter, excuse me, Acts chapter 1. We're talking about a, an amazing Christian. Don't you want to be amazing? You may not be an amazing whatever you do, artist or Compute data entry person or whatever salesperson. I mean, you're good. You're 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 tapping that, but but to be an amazing Christian means to take what Christians are, which are amazing in themselves, and line that up to know the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Ah, if I know it, I can do it. It's my choice then. If I don't know it, we're just stumbling around. But if I know it then I can choose it every single day. 
Because you know how we feel some mornings. We get up and it's like thunder. I don't want to, I don't even want to get up, but I have to get up. And I just don't feel like doing the will of God today. I just, it's just, I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm cranky about it. I'm just like, it's just too much. And, and here's the thing. And when's it going to pay off? I've been giving and serving and doing and acting nice. I went to the kin folks this week and I told Deborah and I'm going to be on my best behavior till we come home. And pretty much that was it. <laughs> Coming home, I reverted. <laughs> but I was, I, was on, I was spot on while I was there. Amen. Acts 1.8 says, oh, here we have a command. But ye shall receive power, 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 after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. The word there is speaking of clothing. Someone putting on clothing after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me and all this and all there. So there's power that comes on us when we take on the Holy Ghost. Turn to chapter 19. Let's look at how it played out in the books of Acts. Excuse me, the book of Acts in verse 1 of chapter 19. So we can say, you might say, well, you know, we all have the power on us and the Holy Ghost came on me when I got born again. Uh, that's a good argument if you stay in Acts 1. But if you move past Acts 1, you'll find out that's not how the kingdom works. Hallelujah. Chapter 19 of Acts. And it came to pass, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples... He said unto those certain disciples, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed, since ye believed, since you got born again? Have you received? Might be two separate experiences, you reckon? Since ye believed indicates you, you, could not, you could believe and not have him. And they said unto him, We have not even so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, What then were ye baptized? And they said unto John's baptism, which was the baptism under repentance. It, it's since Jesus came, we don't even do that. We don't need that. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they were water baptized, Right? And when Paul had laid his hands upon them that had been water baptized, the Holy Ghost came on them. Well, Acts chapter 1 says, you, he'll come on you. He'll come on you. And they spake with tongues and prophesied. Well, there it is. I mean, for whatever other argument you could say, I got it all and I don't need it and it's this, that, and the other. You're just, you're just chicken liver. You just you just don't want all God's got. You're argumentative. You're you're you think more highly of yourselves than you ought, because the word is the truth. The word is the answer. The word is the end of it. Every argument ends right here, and we we're not content. We're not contentious. We're not arbitrary. We're not grump grump. We're we're like when it says it, and I check it with two or three things, because out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word's established. So I check on it, and there's a bunch of stuff to check. Well, that's what should happen. I got born again. I should be filled with the Holy Ghost as a subsequent experience. And you know what will happen? It'll make you an amazing Christian. Amazing. 
We're going to find out in the weeks ahead. I can't do it all this morning. Just what amazing looks like. But sometimes we just take things for granted. You know, you take for granted you got a vacuum cleaner in your house. So when, when uh, Doodle D spills Cheerios all over the floor, you just go to the closet, whip out the machine, plug it in, hit the button, and boom, every problem solved. But uh, what if you didn't have a vacuum cleaner? You might ride herd on a little bit a little more because it's going to be a hard job to get it up. Well, that's the same thing with the life of faith. Sometimes we just take for granted there's a vacuum cleaner in the closet or that we're living above. We're living in favor. We're living in power. There's hope for healing. There's hope for prosperity and supply. There's an inherent level and atmosphere of life that we've gone used to. And so we're not so inclined to say, that's amazing. But if you strip it all back and say, what was I before I got the Holy Ghost and before I became a, 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 a student of the Word? It wasn't that amazing. Do you all know any unamazing Christians? <laughs> as, in, as in bunches. They're not amazing. They're lukewarm. They're, they're complacent. They're powerless. They're, they're fearful. They're, they're, uh, they're ignorant as a, as a shovel handle. Just ignorant just means they don't know. Not stupid. I don't say stupid. Nobody's stupid. But ignorant means you just don't know. Do you know how much 1,352 times 1,468 is? Well, you're ignorant then. You can figure it out, but right now you don't know. Well, Barry may know. Hallelujah. I, there's a little screen in front of him. I don't even talk to him. Hallelujah. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You're right there. We are amazing. We are amazing. We are bright lights in a dark world. Jesus said, you are the salt and you are the light. That's just two more words for amazing. You stick out. You're, you're pronounced. You're endowed. You're special. Everybody can be special. But we've put on special. We say, I'll take another little dab, a second helping of special, please. And we've just said, I want more. Well, piggy, piggy, you've already had a whole bunch. I want more. I want more of him. I want more of what he's saying and what he's, because he's right. He's always right. And he's never been wrong. It's not like based on your track record, God. Nope, he's always been right. And sometimes it takes years to come back and find out. You know, he was right back then. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, look at us. We're talking about being filled with the Holy Ghost. And it says, follow after charity, verse 1, and desire spiritual gifts, or the words not really there, gifts, but desire spirituals, but rather that ye may prophesy. Verse 2, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh, so it's speaking, not unto men, but unto God. How many of y'all are speaking unto God? Ha, ha, ha. Well, when you speak in an unknown tongue, we don't care what you're saying. We don't, we're not listening in. We're not paying attention. We're not trying to, you know, interpret it or decipher it. You're speaking to God. Y'all just have your conversation because you're speaking to God. And he said, for no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit. Look at the amazing Christian. In the Spirit, he speaketh mysteries. Can you say with me, I speak mysteries. Come on, let's say it. I speak mysteries. Well, that makes you amazing. Because ask your neighbor, do you speak mysteries? 
Ask your born-again, unspirit-filled Christian friends, do you speak mysteries? No, we're right down the line. Facts are facts, and truth is truth, and, and we, we know what's coming before it comes. <coughs> mysteries. I got this in another translation, the T-E-V. What does that mean, Barry? What does that mean, Barry? Today's English version. I, I need to write that down somewhere on my back of my hand. It says, he is speaking secret truths. That's what an amazing Christian does. Oh, you don't do that? Well, you're just mediocre then. You're kind of middle of the road, kind of, you know, we can get you everywhere. You're, you're, you're 10 for a dollar. But an amazing Christian speaketh secret truths. The New Living says you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit. Wow, God coming on a Christian and causing that man or woman to speak, not by their head, their memory, their intellect, their experience, but to speak by the Spirit down here. I'd say that's pretty amazing. Uh, the NIV says he utters mysteries with his spirit. The passion, hang on, he is speaking intimate mysteries in the spirit. That's what I do. Do y'all do that? I speak intimate mysteries in the spirit. I'm pretty amazing if you want to know, but so are you. Oh, I, if I could get one amen, I could move on. This thing's going to run until 1230 if y'all don't help. The Rotherham says, in the Spirit, he is speaking sacred truths. Now, sacred is a word that's resigned to the word holy, and holy is resigned to God and those that he makes holy, of which we are. And it says, uh, where is it? Where is it? He is speaking in the Spirit. He is speaking sacred truths. Boy, that's an advantage. Because this world is, I mean, they've cataloged. Go to Google, and you can find out everything man knows on Google. They, and even Siri, she's dumb as a stump sometimes. Do you all know this girl that's in this phone? She, she doesn't know, come on from Sikkim. But even she will tell you what the latitude and the longitude of Greenwich, she knows everything just about. But I'm telling you. Among all that knowledge, all those facts, you and I speak mysteries and sacred truths. That makes me awesome. I like this. Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. You were right there, but now we'll go back. Chapter 8. Let's talk about the amazing Christian speaking mysteries. It says in chapter 8, verse... Uh, Let's start in verse 26. Ah, hallelujah. It says likewise. So you have to go up in verse 26 to find out what likewise is. But that's just another truth. It's another facet. So he says, in addition to that, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Now that word is always translated weaknesses. It's not sickness in this version, in this in this. Uh, Context. For we know not. I know not. Do you know? No, you know not what you should pray for as we ought. Would that be truth? 
Every situation, I just know what to pray. I just, I always have a handle on it. No, you don't, because there's options. Should we go or should we stay? Should we turn left? Should we turn right? Should we invest or draw back? Should we invest now or wait till later? We don't know. Oh, you can put your head together and get some charts out and look at this and look at that, but there's lots of stuff that we don't know, lots of stuff we don't know. And so we're, we're mundane, we're ordinary, we're middle of the road, we're, we're just folks that are going to heaven. But the amazing Christian, oh, it says, we know not what we should pray for as, as we ought, but, that word B-U-T there, but, it gives you hope. That even though we don't know, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us. And he goes on to tell how it happens. It's with speaking in tongues. It's with speaking in tongues. It's with speaking in tongues. So I have, you have, we have the power as an amazing Christian to bypass the limitation of this world with its opinions and with its agendas, with its uh, limitations, we have the power to rise up and supersede that and know the, let me read it again, how to speak sacred secrets. Well, where's the sacred secrets? They're God's. God's got the sacred secrets. They're not passed around on a, on a three-by-five card. They're sacred. They have to be sought for. He's hidden them for us. Not from us, but for us, but they are hidden, and you have to find them. You have to have the key that unlocks the door. Most Christians are, 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 are wailing against a 300-pound door trying to get through, but you and I, we're amazing. We, th do we take the three-ounce key and just turn it, and the thing opens. We are amazing. I want you to know how amazing you are from the Word of God. I'm not just giving you attaboys. This is what the Word says about all of us. Um, the passion, in verse 20, let's see, did I read 27? Oh, no, excuse me. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. He that searcheth the hearts, God's searching our hearts, and he already knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Why? Because he maketh intercession. That's, that's a type of prayer for the saints, say, for me. According to the will of God. According to the will of God. He maketh intercession. I don't, the, the context there is, is we know not what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit maketh intercession for us. Ah, what an ally, what a partner, what a come along next to you and help person. When we don't know, up here, we don't know. Know what we should pray for, but we we got to make a decision. We got to do one or the other. It's A, B, or C. Which door is it under, Bob? What what great prize is under behind door number one or two? We don't know, but the Spirit knows and said, "I've already know. I already know what the the mind of God is. I've already been back behind the door, and door B is your door. And I'm praying for you, and I'm going to set it up, and I'm going to put it in action here, where you will just." Without effort, without uh, torment or lament, you'll just say, it's door B. I'll choose that. I'll go that way. How hard was that? It's just like thinking, do you want, uh, uh, you want eggs that are fried or, or scrambled in the morning? Well, I always get mine scrambled, you'd say. Well, it was that easy. It's that easy to know because you're amazing. If you can't do this, you're not amazing. 
Because those other kind are everywhere and all over. The Passion says the Holy... Oh, got to read verse 28, excuse me. And so what happens when the Holy Spirit himself maketh intercession for us? Verse 28 says, all things, we know that all things work together for good. So what is the end result of the Holy Spirit making intercession for us when we know not what we should pray for as we ought? Everything turns out amazing. Everything works together for good to them that are love God. In other words, we're not working the system. We really want to know, God, which way should I go? What should I do? What's the timing on this? What's the direction on this? I want to be where you want me to be. He said, if you love God and you're called. In other words, you're not meddling with somebody else's business. Lord, I'm trying to pray in tongues for, for, for Lulabeth. No, you just take care of you. You can't do it for somebody else. Is that good? That's good. So the Passion says in verse 26, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us. I like this. This is out of the Passion. To hyper, no, to super intercede on, to super intercede on our behalf. I looked up the footnote on that, and the word in the Greek is not just intercede for ours. It's the word is hyper, or we translate it super intercede. In other words, it's better than even what we can do. When we pray in the Holy Ghost, he being Holy Spirit is able to pray and navigate through all the stuff and the mess and the, and the clog that we've messed it up and the world's got in. He said, I got this. God said, I got this. If you'll pray in the Holy Ghost, I will be loose to navigate your life. Well, God, it's got to be harder than that. We need to cross a few hard mountains and swim a few long seas, and we need to walk across hot coals, and we need to suffer and be hungry and and be poor. No, just pray in the Holy Ghost. That's what's amazing. You didn't earn it. You just cooperated, just submitted, just came under and said, you need a partner, God? I'm in. Choose me. Pick me. And there he is. He's picking us, each and every one of us. The passion in verse 28 says, So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together. I like that. I'm going to say it again. Is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. God has a plan to bring good into your lives. And this is it, amazing Christian. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. I just love this. This is just so exciting to me that I am so close to to him. I'm just right there. And he says, you're close enough. Let's just take over. Let's just do it. Let's, it's not like he's far away. Oh, God, you're far away. I can't hear your voice. You, uh. Nope. He's right there saying, we got this. Oh, Lord, I'm glad to hear it. I need you. I need you so I need you so much. Now, when I didn't care about God, I didn't love God and didn't have his purposes, I didn't care if he's close or not. Because if he told me anything, I wouldn't have got it. I wouldn't have understood it. I wouldn't have been able to implement it. But I'm on now. And I'll tell you, this time next year, I'll be even more on. But 100% of what you are is 100%. But if you enlarge your capacity, you can be more just by being 100% of more. Amen. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. We're winding this thing down. 
I don't know why I tell you all that. It's, it's, it's just practically deception. Because <laughs> your idea of winding it down and mine might be 100 miles apart. Hallelujah. I'm going to put this word in us. If you come to River Church, I'm putting the word in. We're going to have the word. We're going to have understanding. We're going to be changed in every service. I am not interested in just preaching. I've got Deborah Ann for that. <laughs> Bless her darling heart. Verse 17. Okay, herein is our love made perfect. What makes it perfect, John? That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. What's the day of judgment? It's every day. Every day you're making a decision that either puts you over or puts you under. Every day is a day of judgment. Give or not give. Give a dollar, give two dollars. Uh, uh, go home for chicken or go home for meatloaf. What, what, what's the day of judgment? Sin or not sin? Read the word or pray or not? Because why do we have boldness in this day right now? Because as he is, so are we in this world. So let's first person that and say it together. As he is, so am I in this world. Now, that's the truth. That's the way it is. You may not like it or understand it or believe it or want it, but that's the way it is. As he is, so am I. So are we in this world, not someday, some way, right now. Oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. The TEV, the TEV. We will have it because our life in this world is the same as Christ. Now, for, turn with me. Let's see if I can. First Corinthians chapter 12. Now, I'm going I'm to take a little turn here. It won't take long, and we'll do it again next week if we need to. Let me just tell you all, this, this is where I'm going with all this. Look, that's fun to do all that stuff, but here's where we're going. Do you all believe that Jesus was at the right place at the right time with the right people with the right stuff. How about every time? Every time. Well, we just read a scripture that says, as Jesus at the right place, right time, right people, right stuff is, so are we in this world. So not a day late and a dollar short. Not behind. Unless I willfully say, I don't need you, good enough is good enough. But if I say, God, I want to be at the right place, now, we would factor in our history of that and say, I, I've missed it several times. I was behind, or I was too early, or I was at the wrong place, and whatever, whatever. But all that stuff has that line drawn. It says, let's start over, that all things are working together for good because he's praying for us, because he's helping us, because we're weak, and we, we've succumbed to that weakness, but now we're wanting to be strong. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this is an interesting verse. You know it. It says in verse 18, well, verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would the, the, where were the smelling? But, so he puts it one way and then says, but that's not the way it is. But now hath God set the members, say all of us, God hath set the members, every one of them. I looked that up in the Greek, and I don't know Greek, but they said that it's very specific when it says Every one of us. It could have just said God set us in the, in the body. But when it said every one of them in the body, it's specifically denoting each one of us are specifically planted and placed in the church, in the kingdom, in the body, as it has what? Pleased him. So 
People that just say, well, you just go to church where you want to go to church, and you drive what you want to drive, live where you want to live. Well, that's not the plan from heaven. We certainly can squeeze it through the round, the square peg in the round hole, but it, it should go in easy. Uh, uh, the Young's literal translation says, according as he willed. And the Norley says, each one of them according to his own plan. So God has a plan for us. And it's specific and it's detailed. And it, it doesn't have a lot of little whys in it and T's. It's, it's, it's a freeway in West Texas. We don't have creeks and we don't have trees and we don't have anything. So you can go 40 miles practically. I'll say 30 miles. And, and, and just tie your steering wheel to the seat and go to sleep. And you won't get off the road because they're straight. And, they're, and they're, it's like a grid. It's like a checkerboard. There's no creeks and there's no windy things. There's those in the hills to have to go around or climb. It's straight. It's flat. It's like marking off. You know what it is. Well, that's the way it is in the kingdom. Get on the grid and run the grid. Another example, John 15, 16. Listen to this. Jesus, the Lord Jesus said, You've not chosen me, but I have chosen you. So we could say to ourselves, I am chosen. I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. The Amplified of that version says, I have planted you. So Shanita is planted and Deborah Ann is planted and Jonathan is planted. We are planted. Now we can unplant. And I've done that a few times, if y'all know what life is like. But I was planted. It wasn't just like scattering seed. I just like wherever it falls, it falls. No, I was planted. You are planted. Right now, I'm, I'm in the place, the particular specific place that God planted me. So it doesn't matter what's going on around there. It doesn't matter what's going on here or there or everywhere. It doesn't matter about money. It doesn't matter about I'm planted. And I'm going to grow best if I grow where I am planted. Well, what about this? You know, we need a young adults, and we need a bigger this, and we need a, we need a music department. And we, yep, yeah, that might work. It might not. But that's not where I've been planted. Oh, that's good. Uh, can we go one more verse? Genesis chapter 22. Well, actually, it's two more verses. <laughs> Genesis chapter 22. Let me just read it to you. Let me just, just tell you what it is. Verse 14. Abraham's got Isaac. He's taking him up. God's told him, sacrifice your son to me, your only son. And so there he is. He's on the, he's a big old boy. He's, he's not just a lad. He's a big old boy. Uh, he, could, he could stop this. Let me just tell you, his daddy's old and he could stop this. Because remember, his daddy had him when he was 99 or 100. And this is after that. So, so he jumps up on the altar and Abraham takes the knife. This is the way we see it in the movies. And he starts coming down and the angel intervenes. And so then Abraham asks a question, Lord, you told me to sacrifice. Where is the sacrifice? And then suddenly in the thicket, the word says in Genesis 22, there's a ram. And of that, since there's a ram there, and they sacrifice that and make, make God happy. It says, uh, Abraham, in verse 14, Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. That's what we say. The Hebrew, it's Yireh. Yehoah-Yireh. As it is said to this day in the man of the Lord, it shall be seen. King James says, it shall be seen. So God apparently sees 
what's going on ahead. In the, uh, the TEV, it says, Abraham that, named that place the Lord provides. So we have one translation that says that God sees and one that says he provides. Well, one commentary said that he's the Lord who looks ahead and provides. In other words, it's there before we are. And it's just sitting there waiting on us. And we're going, God, how'd this happen? How'd you know to do that? I am the Lord that looks ahead and makes a provision. And I like to say that Jesus did it on the cross. He, he looked at this day and said, they're going to need the bigger bucket of chicken. <laughs> and so I'm going to supply and I'm healing. I'm going to conquer cancer right here for, for that day in 2020. Well, we won't go there, but we're also amazing because we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. But I'm not just filled with the Holy Ghost and, and uh, filled with power and authority. Thank God. Yes, yes, ma'am. But I have what's called the gifts, or more accurately, the manifestations of Holy Spirit. Well, that means what does he look like and what does he do doesn't happen. Listen, listen, does not happen apart from the amazing Christian. Oh, God can do anything he wants to. But he said he can't, and he said he doesn't. When does he do it? When somebody, just think about the, the dark ages in our, in our world that were for 500 years, the Holy Ghost didn't move. There was 400 years between Malachi and Matthew. Not much going on. So it's not like God had his way. He did not have his way. So here we are, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And it says in, in chapter 12, given as he wills. Well, people go, well, we got to wait on God. No, he's already willing it. You got somebody there that needs the gifts of healings? He's willing it. He's in. He's not saying, you know, this isn't, Tuesdays is my, not my best day. I wrote down this. We are not like the people of this world. We have the mind of Christ. We have power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. We have a direct line to heaven's plans and secrets. You, we are at the right place, the right time, the right people with the right stuff. The word says in Proverbs, we have a word, uh, word in due season. It's apples of gold and settings of silver. And then number five, the Holy Spirit reveals himself through me, to, through us, to make us win. We're amazing. Ah, oh, we're amazing. We're amazing. What is too hard for us? Because he's in us. Greater is he that's in us. So if God says nothing's too hard for me, I'm amazing. You're amazing. We are amazing. So put that chin up a little higher. Get that chest out a little, shoulders back. It's like, I, I am here. Everything's fine now. You don't like that? We'll get you another attitude. I don't know what we're going to do. It looks so bad. Amazing man, amazing woman is here. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I am filled with the will of God. I am filled with the knowledge of his will. and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Greater is he. Greater is he that is in this. He always causes me to triumph in him. I'm amazing. We're amazing. What is the trouble out there that says to you, 
You ain't nuts. You ain't got much. You ain't much punk. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. Everybody knows you have to slow down to make the curve. Don't go through that curve full speed. You'll be over in the ditch. So sometimes we have to slow down to make the curve, listen, pay attention, get some input. And the devil jumps on right then when you slow down and says, you slowed down because this isn't working. God's not caring. You're, you're, this is it. Ah, we just slowed down to make the curve. As soon as we make the curve, we got the pedal to the metal, and we are, we are going up the hill. Come on, River Church. We're winners. Not because we want to be, because Jesus said, I want you to be. Well, amen. Amen. Oh, that was a good word. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I was stuck in a house all, all week during Thanksgiving. Not stuck in a house, but I was in a house by myself practically. And so I had lots of time to meditate this week. Y'all ought to meditate, hallelujah. If they leave you and go shopping, you ought to say, praise God. Well, praise God. But while I'm here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have another praise God. <laughs> uh, y'all think you know me. You don't have a clue. <laughs> Amen. I got an unction this morning, and I don't really know what to do with it. So, uh, But I got a, uh, a word or a, an image of the power of God to heal being in our hands. You know, Oral Roberts had that. He, until he felt the power in his right hand, he wouldn't touch anybody because it was worthless. It was useless. But when that power would activate or when he had a sense that it'd be like William Branham and the angel. Uh, William Branham didn't say a word until the angel came out on the stage and started to work the works of God. And, uh, so this would be one of the gifts of the Spirit. This wouldn't be necessarily something, because we're inherently healers. We lay hands on the sick and they do recover. But on the other hand, there's dis dispensations, there's deposits. And it just seemed like there's a deposit in our right hand this morning to do some special things. You've heard of people that uh, had an anointing to heal backs. Well, the reason they have an anointing to heal backs is because they healed two backs in a row. And they said, I must have it. And they believed it. And it happened. Smith Wigglesworth, the reason he hit people in the stomach to get them healed is because he was hit in the stomach when he... And God will let you just believe. You know, the, uh, that man that goes through the lines and spits on people in the face? They're just barely standing up because they got stage four of this and, and, and out the door of that. He spits in their face in the name of Jesus. And they're healed. Even the Lord Jesus spit into a bit of clay, made an eyeball, and stuck it in the man. So we need to, we need to loosen up and say, ah, I don't know anything, but he knows everything. But uh, would you just hold your hand out there with me this morning? I, I really don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm gonna, I'm, we're going we're gonna to go as far as we can with this. Your right hand, your right hand. These hands are healing hands. Sometimes Barry puts the hands up on the screen that shows what our hands really look like. But that's what they look like. So say this with me, dear Lord Jesus. I believe I receive the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts and manifestations of Him that wants to set everybody free in my hand. That when I lay my hand 
on people in obedience to your unction, it will affect a cure and things will be changed. And I thank you, Lord, for this gift. I receive it in all humility. And thank you for choosing me, for using me in these last days. In Jesus' name. And I want to be real careful doing stuff like this. I, I don't want to get out there beyond. But I had a sense about it. So you just, you just road test it. In the next few days, see if something doesn't come on your hand. And it get hot right there in the palm. Just see if there's something different. If, if it didn't, well, we just stretched and reached. But see if, see if God's not equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. We're awesome. The moment you say, I am awesome, with all sincerity, you can spit in somebody's face, so to speak, and they'll get healed. The moment you say, I'm awesome, that's when it comes on you. So I'd spend this week, I'd practice a little bit. I'd, I sure am awesome. I sure don't feel awesome, but I sure am. And feelings are lining up. Feelings and emotions are lining up. This is hard on my soul, but it's the truth. And my mind, my will, my emotions are lining up with the truth. And I am awesome. And if I'm awesome, I do awesome things. Hallelujah. There's somebody in broadcast that's got an ankle, a right ankle. And you got hit hard. And I, I see something. It seems like it was metal that came down on you. And it, your right ankle from the outside is really messed up. Um, it, it's, it caused a lot of damage. But I say in the name of Jesus that the healer is coming upon you right now. And God loves you and he wants to use you. And he wants you to know that he cares for you. And so I speak healing into your ankle and your foot now in Jesus' name. And I speak a repair, a reconstruction, a new miracle, a new creation, a, 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 a miracle in your foot right now. So if you would, sir, if you would, ma'am, whoever you are, reach out and say, I receive. And let the Lord minister to you. He loves you and his, he wants to surprise you with his goodness surprise you with his goodness. God wants to surprise all of us with his goodness. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And there's somebody else here that's got a, uh, I don't know if it's here or there, but you've got an imbalance in your stomach. The acid is real wonky, real messed up. And, and of course, we call that, uh, what do we call that? Reflux, yeah. And I don't know anything about that on this, but I'm just saying, uh, if you have troubles with that, put your hand on you on your belly, on your, where your stomach might be, and just agree with me right now that God is taking care of that acid imbalance, that thing where you're making too much or what, whatever. Right now, we say, I receive it in Jesus' name. And I, I'm, I'm through with this trouble in my body. I'm through with it. Jesus has healed me, and I walk away healed in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, amen. Woohoo. <clears throat> now, one thing we do at our house, y'all may not know this, we party hardy. And Wednesday, we're going to throw the doors open and party hardy. Well, this is off broadcast, right? <laughs> God bless you. See you soon. <laughs> Have a great day. Drive safely. <laughs>